For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. My name is Quentin Flynn. I'm here on The Geek Show. Uh, why? Because I play Raiden in the Metal Gear series. I am lightning. The rain transformed. And I have been transformed by hanging out on this show. So tune in and turn on. You'll love it. The Geek Show. It rocks. expects the gig show except when they start listening to the gig show i didn't really think that intro through i had this really elaborate bit like nobody expects the spanish inquisition but when you, you clicked on that little bit that said the gig show and then and then you click on play it doesn't work anyway this is the gig show i'm rob and uh with me on this week's show are rob uh, or oh, rob and Hello. a tucky yeah other rob tack that <laughs> Well, for a long time, I was reduced to uh, Rob 2, and people referred to me in like normal conversation, on podcast conversations, as Rob 2. It's got a name, goddammit. Do you know why it was Rob 2, though? Because I was here first. <sighs> <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> Life's not a competition, Rob. <laughs> That's Tell which one I'm talking to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) we've got lots of news this week, but I think we have to get the obvious elephant in the room out of the way. Doctor Who is finally a woman. I thought you were going to say George Romero died, because I was devastated when that happened. Yeah, but we don't really do obituaries and stuff like that, do we? Ah, no, but George Romero's awesome. Worth a mention. Yeah, Yeah. George Romero's awesome, but... There's connotations there where he may actually come back as a zombie. I don't think so. And that... I know, that's what people have been saying, sort of in a celebratory way of his life, you know. Yeah, yeah, but... uh, But the Doctor Who thing, the Doctor Who thing is just, it's it's never really been accused of being like a poisonous uh, fandom. It's always been comic books, it's always been video games, like anime, all these sort of mama-line things, but something as broad and mainstream as uh, Doctor Who's never really had any sort of Fingers pointed at it for being sort of a poisonous community. Until well, that now. is until this happened. Until now, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, everyone... I had question that because I've been on Tumblr and some of these Super Who Lock fans are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but they're on Tumblr. That Tumblr is like the special padded cell. 
on the internet for those people. Okay. Um, the thing is, everyone has been kind of up in arms about the fact that Doctor Who has always been male and white. And now Doctor Who is female and white. And you're like, yeah, okay, fine. All of the storylines, Graham fairly pointed out to me the other day, Graham from Cinema Eclectica, that is, fairly pointed out the other day, the storylines work whether it's, a, whether it's a man or a woman as Doctor Who. And Doctor, as Rob men has mentioned before, is a non-gender-based title. Men and women yeah, it's doctors. It's universal, you know? So, who the hell cares? I'm more concerned, the in fact. <laughs> She's from Yorkshire. Yeah. Yorkshire Doctor Who, that's brilliant. That's that's the big that's the big scoop here. If we got a Yorkshire Doctor Who. If she drinks Thai food tea, then No no no. It's to gonna be Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. It's gonna be Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea. tea. You you gotta remember, you know, according to the adverts, Yorkshire is brutopia, isn't it? Nah. <laughs> I I've got I don't see any problem with uh, a female doctor. I mean, most of us let's be honest. Most of the world don't really care. It's just that this has caused this is like Brexit too, where but whereas with Brexit it brought all the closet racists out of the darkness and onto message boards and Facebook walls. This has brought all the sexists out. And most of them won't even watch the Doctor. Hang on. Brexit too, Doctor Who Boogaloo, is this what this is? <laughs> yeah, might as well be. And it's 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 a thing, it's it's not so much like the news is like earth shattering because Women have existed since the beginning of time. In fact, I mean, where do we us, come from? Yeah, in fact, most of us <laughs> wouldn't be here if it wasn't for women. You know, I'd, and if you know the 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 British press and whatnot have been pushing this whole angle of like, oh, it's something new, and it's like, oh, why are all the men's jobs being taken? And it's like women have been here since like the dawn of time. What's like literally the dawn of time? What what what's you know what's so shocking about that? Have we have we came that far? And yet we're still stuck in the dark ages, you well, know. We kind of are because these people, some people are making a fair argument. The character is written like that, so why change it just because just to appeal appeal to some fans? Which is a fair point because you don't see uh, Aragorn in in Lord of the Rings being turned into a woman, do you? Because Aragorn has been written as a male character, so that's all, that's the kind of argument they're putting forward. That's not really a sexist argument. They're just saying, look, the character was written like that. Yeah, but yeah. the character was also written to regenerate as anything. It's not just human form. It could be an alien. Well, no, yeah. the character is a humanoid. That's what the time lords are. Time lords are. But the thing the is, uh, yeah. Thor is now a woman. Yeah, but Thor and that's turned out pretty well. Th the thing is, Thor is a woman, but Thor isn't Odin's son. Odin's son is still. Well, yeah. I know, I know. I wasn't getting into the, the mythology of it. I'm just saying. Yeah, that character was always thought of as a man, and now it's a woman. Yeah, and well, the thing it's is, it's been working good. really well, um, and I'm not, I'm not going against that. My question is, and this is a serious question, and this I think is the more pressing question: is we know the Doctor during the David Tennant final bit when he's uh, facing up against the Time Lords with the Master in that special, you know, he'll knock four times, blah blah blah. You see the Doctor's mother, yeah. Now, yep. if Time Lords can regenerate into male or female, did Doctor Who just do a South Park on us? Is is Doctor Who now Cartman? Is Car <laughs> is Doctor Who's mum also his dad? I don't, After, I don't. I don't think it's like pertinent to like the whole main theme of it, but it's a great. It's a great little side thing. 
he's married to River Song, so they, do they now need like a civil union or something? Do they need to retake the vows? Or yeah, exactly. How does it work? All the hardcore fans calling for a Billy Piper uh, reunion cameo. Ah, don't be dead. <laughs> I think River Song would be in up for it. She seems like in for a penny, in for a pound kind of gal. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why we like her. I speak for yourself, but anyhow. Enough of that. <laughs> yes, anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, let's, on move on. let's move on with the, the main news. Uh, you guys might have seen uh, hints of this. Uh, a guy in Corpus Christi, Texas, basically people were going to this uh, ATM and for some reason they were hearing cries for help and somebody had replaced banknotes with uh, these messages saying, please help, I'm stuck inside, I don't have my phone, please call my <laughs> boss. Because a contractor got stuck inside the ATM. Someone closed the door behind him while he was doing some repairs. He spent the next two hours slipping notes to bank customers at the drive through ATM. Oh, that's, that's straight out of Mr. Bean's playbook, that. Weird. <laughs> See, if it was me, I'd end up pressing my face up against the outside of the, the glass and doing spooky stuff. Then enter your initial risk. And when the novelty ran off, then I probably start passing that. Well, the thing is, at first people thought, this is a joke ATM. But then, you know, people started thinking, hang on, there's other people getting these notes. Maybe it's not a joke. Maybe there's someone in need of help. The police turn up. They're going, we thought it was a joke as well. We thought there was, like, hidden cameras somewhere. But then we realised, it's not a joke. There's actually somebody stuck inside. Oh, my God. How cynical have we become? <laughs> Where something like that happens and we automatically assume it's a hidden camera show. Oh. <laughs> Genuine is, human being in distress. Nah, I'm here doing it for ratings. thing is, you, you look at it and you go, there's no way this story can be real, but it is. Hey. <laughs> I bet it also brings up the point is, if he's got enough room in there to be locked in and write notes, how big are the ATMs in Texas? I don't know. Because I've worked security and I've I've seen the inside of an ATM machine and they can barely fit anything in there, a yeah, door but, on the outside, unless it's like one of them big, like booth ones where there's like I seven think, or eight ATMs in. I think it might have been a big boothed one, but uh, it's like a single ATM, but uh, in a big kind of booth area. That's so, that's ludicrous. Or that. I mean, what? When 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 the, when the point gets when he's actually starving and he's thirsty and he's ran out of paper or ink, and there's just like. Panicked cries. Ah! Oh my god! What if he wanted to use, wanted to go to the toilet? It is a question, though. Yeah. People put the card in yes. and want money. So what happens to the money? What people ask for is he taking it and replacing it with <laughs> Don't his little notes? And no, I think he was just waiting. Uh, I think he was waiting until someone comes along, puts the card in. He hears the card going, and before they get the money out, he slips the paper out through the uh, through the cash slot, saying, "Please help." I'm stuck in here. All I wanted was twenty dollars, and I got a plea for help. Who <laughs> a guy! He's, he's, he's never want to use going to use an ATM machine ever again. I hope he kept his job. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, if he wake did, up in a cold sweat, his after boss having nightmares in. about ATM machines. Thing is, the police couldn't even let him out. His boss, they had to wait for his boss to come and let him out because they couldn't break into it because it's an ATM. Even the police can't break into them. I'd say something for the security of ATMs around the world, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, why do you think so many people try using JCBs to get them out? I saw that. It's silly. It happened in South Bank. 
<laughs> years ago, someone took a, someone took like a, a dozer and tried to scoop the one out of uh, Yorkshire Bank. They used a laser in Spider Man Homecoming and the anti gravity gun. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> they're a lot more they're, they're a lot posher than we are than we are over here. Stolen. It was stolen stuff. One calls like stolen stuff posh. No, I'm well, actually, we're... I'm not going to get into the politics of that statement <laughs> I just made, but it was a very political statement if you read between the lines. Yes, it was. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, 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 you know when you have research papers, right? You expect a certain standard to the way that they're written. Now, given that most scientists are really bad at English, that standard is usually pretty bad. So they get someone else to basically rewrite it for them and present it in a uh, in a nice way. Well, they're talking lecturees. Yeah. Which is the language of lecturer, which doesn't actually make any like normal sense. Well, not only that. It's not a lecturer, but yeah. everyone else, it's it might as well be Latin. Thing is, scientists are notoriously bad for not being able to string a sentence together. They're great at the science; they're just not great when it comes to the English. Okay, you know that's but, sad, really. <laughs> I know, but they have people to help them with that. But uh, now they're kind of under fire from various bodies because of the type of language that's been used in certain research papers. In April of 2016, Angela Wiley and Banu Subramaniam published a paper in the Archives of Sexual Behaviour, which was titled Fighting the Derpy Science of Sexuality. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when Tumblr spills into science. And the thing is, the word is literally in the title. You can't really hide it. <laughs> I can understand. Derpy doesn't mean anything. I know. Um... Basically, the authors of the paper understood derpy to mean one thing and then later found out that it has different uses that aren't so great. Especially if they stumble upon the My Little Pony fandom. Yes. So they've had to apologise for using the term derpy, but it's highlighted the fact that uh, a lot of scientists have been using kind of internet speak in their <laughs> research papers because they're... Uh, you know, for one reason or other, they might have heard it and misunderstood what it means, or maybe they're trying to appeal to a younger audience in the way that you know that politicians at some point are going to start describing their opponents as derpy. Ah, oh, no. And it, it, the image is always the idea for this sort of thing is uh, in trying to lay it down here, and then they'll have like a, a beat, a hip hop beat, and then they'll try to rap it like sort of really bad 1990s rap, like Will Smith era rap. You know, getting across complicated political and scientific ideas by laying down like a really bad rap. Isn't that the science, dream? It makes science more entertaining and the funding might actually uh, go up. <laughs> this is true. He makes a good Especially point. when you. It seems like that's what they do, though, isn't it? When they try to be cool and with it. And then they'll do fail. that. Yeah. I mean, they can't all be Ed Miliband and, you know, be like a. <laughs> <laughs> Go from being unable to eat a bacon sandwich to being like weirdly cool. <laughs> it's... Yeah, sit, sitting on a sitting on a Harley Davidson eating a bacon sandwich, real good. <laughs> if you wing Napalm Death on the radio and he knows who they are, it's not like you know when you interview your dad like your music and he's like, "What is this? I don't know what this is." It's all noise. Kind of brings up the point: like, was he even trying at that election? I don't think he Cause was. Because if, if, if we saw this Ed Miller band back then. David people, Cameron wouldn't have stood a chance. Yeah, I think people would have voted for this Ed Miliband. It's the moral of the story is, just be yourself. 
Then again, maybe he was worn down by all the nuggies he kept getting off David because he beat David to become the leader. And since then, Davey's been, David's been giving him wedgies and nuggies every day. And again, Theresa May couldn't really eat, you know, uh, chips or walk or talk or anything, really. So I think we've moved on. She can't, she can't even be naughty. She can't even be naughty without being uncool. Oh, yeah, the internet has had a field day with her. So like, what's the naughtiest thing you've done? Well, I, I run around in wheat fields. <laughs> Quite <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> had a oh, field well, re- remember the running around in wheat fields. We will be visiting that later on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> anyway, but I appreciate that. You know, at least they're trying to make it. A, uh, it's an idiotic thing that they did. Yeah, but at least they're trying to make it a little bit more current because you know they have these efforts to get like more people from more diverse backgrounds into sort of science and engineering. Yeah, but uh, there is a level of language that maybe you should use. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're trying to make it more relatable, and that, that that's fine. But maybe. Maybe think about how you make it relatable in the future. Take a lesson from Ed Miliband. I mean, it's not, it's not like you're going to say, these atoms are really leet or something like that, is it? <laughs> oh, I accidentally found the biggest constellation in the universe by dabbing in the, <laughs> in the observatory. Yes. One um, day, maybe. <laughs> One day. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Moving from... Uh, Strange words in science to uh, China. China's always a good place to visit, and this is quite early in the show, so you can imagine this is uh, something strange and unusual and kind of wonderful. The Chinese authorities are cracking down on Winnie the Pooh. Is it because his name's Pooh? Nope. Basically... Speaking uh, of that... Yeah? What is a Pooh of a H? Because it's not a Pooh like I'm thinking of a Pooh. Maybe it's, like a, a maybe it's like a cool poo. Like, you know how fat would a PH is cool? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't answer that. No one's actually said why poo is now an illegal underground figure in China. <laughs> right? <laughs> Smuggling honey <laughs> right under the chairman's nose. Oh, God. <laughs> poo the honey smuggler. That's quite something, because you've got all these sort of anti-government artists yeah. who get sort of arrested, and you don't see them for two years. So you, you're kind of going through, like, the cells. There's, like, a procession of all these artists, and right at the end cell, you know, the bad cell, you know, where Hannibal Lecter is, it's just Winnie the Pooh. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> we think They think they know what's going on. Basically, they think that uh, Winnie the, what's happened is there have been a bunch of people who have seen various pictures of the Chinese president, Xi Jinping. And a couple of those pictures make him look kind of portly. And so people have put that picture together with certain pictures of Winnie the Pooh in kind of the same pose. One of the great ones is Xi Jinping and Barack Obama walking along. And someone has found a picture of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger walking along in almost exactly the same pose, in fact. Well, leaders, man, you know, it's like, oh, you look slightly like this character. We're going to ban that character. I don't like it. I don't like being took the mic out of. It's like uh, when Donald Trump had some particularly bad photos of him looking well. Well, kind of like Toad from Wind in the Willows with a bad wig. There's lots of photos of him that look like, you know, Toad of Toad Hall with a bad wig. And he says, I don't want those pictures. So social media said, okay. And then shared them, like, literally on a daily basis. The uh, one that I was talking about, have a look. 
You see, uh, well, yeah, he is kind of partly, but compared to like a Barack Obama, most people look kind of rubbish. <laughs> Mr. Long Leg Baghdad. I bet you, I bet you. <laughs> I bet you Barack Obama's got more spring than Tigger like. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the thing is, when you look at the two pictures side by side, it really is. And the band Winnie the Pooh just for this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, this and others. This is not the only one. It's a bit Very extreme, petty. really. Isn't yeah. It? I bet you the Disney stores have gone underground in China now, selling Winnie the Pooh in a black market. Where did oh, the... he get the jumper from? Winnie the Pooh. Where does Winnie the Pooh get his clothes from? Why doesn't he wear pants? Why do you think it's okay to wear like a t-shirt but not pants? Hey, does that mean pig? Pig? Does that mean Tigger's running around in the nerd? Yeah, but why? Why is he wearing a t-shirt? What's he hiding? <laughs> Gang tattoos. Extremely weird burger nipples gone on there underneath. Uh, I, it's gang tattoos. He's got like, you know, the big Yakuza Buddha on, the, on his back that nobody sees. Well, he has the belly for the Buddha, the Buddha belly. And, you know, the That's a question the public should answer. What's under the poo shirt? <laughs> any, I think Kanga, I think he wears a t-shirt as well. Or is it Rue? It, it's it's I, Kanga and Mrs. Rue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they all go to the same outfit as Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why does he think it okay for him to have his junk out, but then like wear a t-shirt? I think it should be the other way around, frankly. Nobody wants to say duck junk. Especially well, <laughs> oh, anyway. websites, maybe. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Staying technically with animals, this time it's monkeys. Around 50,000 residents of Zimbabwe's western province basically went without electricity on Sunday because a uh, a baboon decided it was going to wander into a power station and fiddle with the equipment. Well, they're not filming for the War of the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes thing. <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, this is like one of those substations, but the baboon messed around with it and lived. <laughs> just see Andy Circus and Caesar just standing there. He's went native. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think... What, it, just picturing it from like the the staff who turn up, you know, you turn up for like your day at work. You go into the office where the power's been um, worked on. I think, hang on, that's not Andy. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, his butt doesn't look like that. <laughs> he doesn't look like that. What's going on? <laughs> it kind of escalated. Because you see, you go to work and you got like a pretty important job, and you see a monkey sat there. You're not going to hang around. <laughs> I'm not coming in tomorrow. I'm too traumatised by seeing wildlife in my seat. <laughs> um, I just love the line from uh, the uh, from Henry Capita, a spokesperson for the state-run power company Zesco, who runs this uh, uh, this power station. It says, The lines the baboon was tampering with are extremely high voltage. You can see that it was electrocuted in so many ways, but it has survived. And the next bit just seals the deal. It is an animal. We cannot prosecute it. Otherwise, if it was a human, we would have taken it to court. Look, I know you are all angry about having any power, but there's no we can do. It's got rights. <laughs> that, that monkey is going to be cock of the walk. Uh, I mean, it, okay, it, it it got shocked loads of times, so it is in a serious condition. But we do, oh. hope, the, we do hope the baboon falls through. I'm sorry, laugh, but... Uh, I want the baboon to fall through and just start wandering around like it's king of that area. Is that, is that the origin story of King Louis from Jungle Book? That's how he became <laughs> king. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that's how Caesar was actually made. Maybe the whole thing about uh, dr- about the you know drugs and stuff like that wasn't the real thing. Maybe he's really Caesar. I prefer the King Louis origin story because he was an orangutan as well. Yeah, true. Ah, he was. Anyway, anyway, not, anyway. Not the recent one where he's like way too big to be actual orangutan. That was made, that made no sense. Yeah. Sticking with animals, we're going to look at some very, 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 very small animals that we talked about a while ago, several years ago, in fact. They're called tardigrades, and they're also known as water bears, even though they look nothing like water bears, even though they look nothing like bears, I should say. Anyway, scientists in a study published in scientific reports have been able to determine the conditions under which all life on Earth might be extinguished and have discovered that even though everyone thought cockroaches and rats... I saw a picture of it. It's terrifying, right? Yeah. Even though cockroaches and rats, everyone thought that they might survive, but no, even beyond that, these things will live well beyond us. Because these tardigrades are... uh, What was it? The sun could sterilise the earth in as few as 2 billion years and engulf it in about 5 to 7 billion years when it turns into a red giant... But, uh, you know, that's not what the research team was interested in. They wanted to know if something else might be capable of exterminating all life on our planet. And they discovered that in quite a few scenarios, tardigrades would actually live. They look like cutthusses. Yeah. Doesn't have any eyes. It's, it's just kind of like something. Yeah. You blew something up like a weird balloon and it's shaped odd. It's got like a nozzle for a face. It's like if Cutbus and Nunu off Teletubbies had had a bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, hor- it's a horrifying image, it really is. And they hear that they're basically indestructible. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. These eight-legged critters can endure conditions that are ridiculous. They can survive for up to 30 years without food or water and endure, endure temperatures, uh, temperature extremes of up to 300 degrees or 150 degrees C, 300 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Tardigrades can withstand blasts of radiation, complete dehydration, being frozen, the vacuum of space, and even in the intense pressure found at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, which, if I remember rightly, is the deepest place on Earth. So how do they die? Well, it can't li- it can't, nothing can live forever. They don't live forever, but uh, they're just extremely difficult to kill. This is what we should be putting on our troops. Or just make them look like tardigrades and send them no, up to war. Just get a load of tardigrades of that and just I don't know, stick them to your shield. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody just have them run at them because that's, that's a ridiculous kind of durability. Is that Captain America's new shield? He's no longer made of vibranium. It's made of tardigrades. It might as well be because that, I mean, that is one of the most durable things. Why aren't we like industrializing it? I mean, Obviously not getting the alive ones and killing them, but, you know, at least using the dead ones or the oh, hide no. of the dead ones. This is the big, big, big shocker, right? Is it vulnerable to having the living snot beat out of it with a spade? No, it'd probably die from that. But here's, oh, here's the thing, right? <laughs> These animals have, they appeared 350 million years ago during the Cambrian era and have managed to survive, wait for it, five mass extinctions. Survive Brexit, so put that on there. (laughs) You could say an animal's successful if it's managed to survive maybe one mass extinction, but to survive five? These things should be ruling the bloody planet. 
its will to live is extremely valuable. <laughs> if we could mine that kind of will to live, it really is ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, it's it's telling the the tags that come up with when you search for it on um, Google Images. One's cute and one's kawaii. <laughs> the internet, <laughs> come on! I'll tell you what isn't cute or kawaii. Komodo dragons. Yeah, they are. They're a dragon. No, they're not. Have you seen a picture of them? Yes, but they're these, a dragon. These, no, they're not. These these are monitor lizards that are that are covered in like saggy skin and. Uh, they've got bites that will basically kill you from the 57 different types of bacteria that they carry around in their mouths. I know, but they're a dragon in... There is, is dragon as we're ever going to get in reality. Anyway, uh, Komodo dragons are the largest lizards in the world. Second largest uh, lizard, second only to politicians. Oh, God. <laughs> only some. Well, actually, no, because some of these Komodo dragons are actually bigger than politicians. From I got right. Get me, a, get me a picture of a Komodo dragon and put it next to Eric Pickles, and let's see. No, no, no. Eric Pickles is a law unto himself. We're not even sure if he is actually human. He may be a planet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Komodo dragons, they live on five islands in Indonesia and basically go around eating whatever the hell they want because they, they're omnivores. And as I said, their saliva has like 57 different kinds of bacteria, most of which is toxic to everything. And uh, they're unaffected by it. And so scientists have decided, okay, we're going to study the Komodo dragons in a bit more detail and try and find out what's going on. So a team of researchers from George Mason University have published a study that analyzes Komodo dragon blood. And they found that it can, it's very, very effective on uh, curing things like staph infections and various things like that, you know, these super serious infections. So what they're saying is Komodo dragon blood could someday save your life. Well, this sounds a bit familiar. When it it starts going into, will it regrow my arm back? I don't think so. It's it's going there. There's 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 a one-armed doctor somewhere that doesn't realise that this has already been done in Spider-Man. No, no, no. There's a one-armed man somewhere. But what he doesn't oh, know is that I know that he was in the doctor's house and he killed the doctor's wife. And now the doctor is hunting the one-armed man. That'd be a very different comic book. Just going back to the origins of Spider-Man and instead of a radioactive spider, it was a radioactive Komodo dragon. Basically <laughs> just like Spider-Man, but he's got one arm and he's called Komodo Man. Isn't that pretty much what they did with the uh, with the lizard in Spider-Man? No, no, he was... <laughs> Try to turn everybody into lizards, wasn't he? Some weird rare. Uh... So I just Peter Parker gone down the street eating whatever he wants in New York. So basically a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you're listening to this from New York. <laughs> I'm not. I've heard you have terrible people. Ah, oh. yes. well, anyway. a terrifying species. One of those sort of um, species that makes you realise that humans are kind of crap. Yeah. And do you know one of the reasons why humans are kind of crap? Because we have a Donald Trump. Yep. But here's the thing. One of the reasons we're kind of crap is cannibalism. Do you want to bring back cannibalism? Nope. See, here's the thing. crap because of cannibalism. No, no, no. This is the thing. You know how sometimes scientists just research things because they can? Well, a team led by UC San Diego researcher Benjamin Van Allen has gone over past research on cannibalism and has come to the conclusion that 
cannibalism might help to limit disease spread in some populations. Yeah, it'll also solve the world's food crisis and, you know, abject poverty if we eat the poor, like the Tories want. See, ah, no, I, if, if somebody <laughs> offered me like a little bit of human meat, I'd give it not like that. I'd give it a try. <laughs> no, this, 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 this specify uh, the co author of the study, Brett Eldred from Louisiana State University, has said this We've been looking at cannibals individually instead of cannibalism's effects on the entire species, and we're not advocating that cannibalism is good, but instead that cannibalism is not automatically detrimental. Yeah, but people have souls. <laughs> so do animals. If you, if, you, if you devour another person's soul, I don't want somebody in my head. Yeah, like for the rest of my life, haunting us because I ate a bit of the toes. The thing is, if you if you're a Buddhist, then you believe that everything has a soul. Everything is reincarnated from everything else, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's that. It's the Buddhist. Don't go down that road. Yeah, the thing the Buddhist is, circle of life. Yeah, but the thing is, what they're saying is that uh, humans are one of the only species that don't actually eat others of the same species. Yeah, a like lot I of said, other species if it was do. after me on a plate and they didn't tell me what it is, I'd have a crack. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, I've had rain day, and that was a, oh my God, I've had Rudolph moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, surprisingly thirsty. The thing that gets me about this research is that they look at other forms of cannibalism within the animal kingdom. Insects, fish, frogs... The fall armyworm, for example, can suffer from a specific virus that prevents it from growing larger. But these things may apparently be solved through cannibalism. You think, hang on, you're looking at insects, fish, frogs, and worms. There's a big step between them and humans. Well, to be honest, if you don't take antibiotics, have a, have a bit of your, I don't know, like your mate or something. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It's a, we've evolved. I'd like I'd like to think that we've evolved. Yeah. And I'd like to think that humanity's evolved to a point where it's like rather than fight each other, eat each other, you know, rather than like mutually assured destruction, we've evolved to a point where we can actually push a species further and rather than focus on oh, I wonder what A tastes like. It's pork, by the way. Human tastes like pork, interestingly enough. But rather than Well, that's why cannibals call like, humans long pig. Yeah, and uh, well, no, that was North American Indians. Um, no, it was cannibals. I've actually, I smell burning well. flesh because a friend of mine got. Uh, you can get like branding. Yeah, uh, tattoo places, and he, for some reason he got the Smashing Pumpkins hat. I don't know why they're a crap band, but he went and got it. And he got branded in them, and it smells like um, bacon. Oh, uh, you know, you know, yeah, it is bacon, but it's the type of American streaky bacon. You know, the one that's just pure fat and. You know, for a fact, you're going to get some kind of, like, limb amputated from eating too much of it. Ah, uh, yeah. I've lost interest um, in trying human meat now. <laughs> it's, 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 the thing is, it's not, if, if it was something like, it's a spectacular taste, it's something that you'll, you know, you'll never forget for the rest. I mean, it'll probably not be something you'd forget for the rest of your life if you ate someone. But if it was, like, something that, like, stood out, like, if it was, like, a top, like, Michelin star ingredient... Or, you know, they've got they've got it on Shogeki no Soma or something like that, like proper food porn with human meat, that kind of stuff. But it's not, it's it's not, it's it's not interesting. And we can move on as a species and just like push forward. I mean, the, the research that they're doing with hybrid vegetables and making strawberries as big as your head, that's interesting foods wise. You know, I'd have a strawberry the size of my head any day, but humans, nah. 
The universities could have used the money on something a lot better than Gannon. You know what? I'm going to talk to Malcolm. He had his mate Taylor last night. So let, let's let's have a see how he's feeling. Oh, no, no, no. Tucky, you should be on more shows with us. You'll find that. Research grants are given for stupid things. And that is a nice little segue for the next research. You know. Because <laughs> a US study on online harassment released by Pew Research has confirmed what pretty much everybody who uses the internet already knows. The study leads with an alarming figure. 40% of internet users have been the target of abusive behaviour online. I'd like to think it's much more than that. And that number climbs to 67% for young people between the ages of 18 and 29 who were more likely to spend considerable time each day on the internet. And Pew's research also reveals that men are targeted somewhat more often. Women, especially young women, make up an outsized proportion of users who experience the most severe forms of harassment, like stalking and threats. There's no real surprise in their findings, is there? This is stuff that everybody knows. How, how did they do it? Did they go like individually, or did they just go on 4chan and went, that's an offensive comment? No, I think, uh, the way they do it is just basically uh, questionnaires. They just gather a sample population and basically do a bunch of questionnaires with them. That's generally how this research uh, how this research goes, but they get paid for it. I remember when humanity used to ask real questions, like when when are we going to eat? Yeah, well, we well, what's, what's the meaning of life? You know, let's ponder something ex- existential. You know, something that you know there's no like real answer to it, but it causes a debate, and you'd you'd find like a deeper meaning to your existence on the planet. There are some people who are still posing those existential questions like where is my hair going why is it disappearing overnight (laughs) the hair fairies are stealing it strand by strand (laughs) exactly they take it away and make little purses in the night i hope i'm not right for that you're gonna get some sort of offensive comment yeah it's unavoidable you're trying something you you make an opinion you, you even just say hello to somebody there's always going to be somebody that will not like it and just insult you for no reason because there's no real recourse. You give somebody like a cover, like anonymity gives you on the internet. And it's amazing what people will say to each other. Oh, yeah. I think that's more interesting than these figures, you know, what well, people think they can get away with when they feel like there's no real um, impact of saying whatever they want or doing whatever they want online. My question is. Why do the research on something that we already know? Why not do the research on how to fix the problem, or maybe how to, you know, how to make the problem less prominent? I don't well, think you can. I was going to say for that to happen, they'd have to get rid of Donald Trump off Twitter. That that's fifty percent of the problem solved. Because if like, the leader leader of the free world's like always like online like bullying someone, then the rest of the country's going to think it's all right. And then you've got Americans who will bully, and then the people who are being bullied by the Americans will just bully because it's a vicious circle. And before you know it, the whole world's gone to shit. All thanks to Donald Trump. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. We're heading back to China this time. Well, just oh, on that, oh, I don't sorry. think it's actually possible to cure it. Because, you know, unless something happens like the internet on Futurama. What? Can't you remember what that was? It was basically like a VR thing where you sort of oh. dive in and sort of swim around it. Yeah, uh, an internet where you could actually read through and punch someone. And where you're physically inside the internet. Yeah. I think that's the only way you can really solve that, and that's not going to happen anytime soon. 
Although it'd be great if you could just reach through the internet and punch someone. Yeah, I was pushing VR technology, and a technology always <laughs> needs this one thing to make it work. You know, it's going to be Paul. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the um, there was recently a thing in Japan where they were going to hold a VR VR festival on pornography, but they had to cancel it because they had too many attendees. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a horrible event to go to. The cleaning bill alone. I, the, I was going to say I need to be the jizz mopper at that. Cleaning budget, like, a million. <laughs> I mean, the the you the, the use like props now, props with VR, where usually it's like hand sensors, so you can move around a one. Or with the sex ones, they use proper sex dolls and uh, sex aids. Yeah, I, I use the the air hyphens. <laughs> well, it's um, scary stuff. I say I say it's scary because it's one of the things where you'll be immersed in it. And uh, the future mums and dads who walk in on the sons doing something a bit uh, suspect, they'll, they'll, the sun will not stop. You walk in on that, you're walking in on the full duration of it because he's going to have headphones on, his eyes are going to be covered, he's got to be in that world. And you're, you're, you're not going to be able to stop them unless you like punch them in the side of the head, and that's child abuse. Isn't and it that's, basically... how you, that's how you stop abuse on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway... Uh, heading over to China, and they've done something weird again. Well, apart from ban and poo. Kind of. Um, how do I explain this? China has a lab known as Yuegong One, or the Lunar Palace, and it has uh, two plant cultivation areas, a living space, which contains four bed pods, a bathroom, a waste treatment facility, and a room for raising animals. And according to Chinese state-run news, this is supposed to be a self-sustaining ecosystem which is supposed to mimic the living conditions of a lunar space station. So, biodome. Kind of, kind of. But what the country's leading aeronautics and astronautics university have done is taken four volunteer students, and I use the term loosely, uh, because this is China, after all, and they've put them in to this place for uh, the next six and a half months, basically to see if they start going a bit stir crazy inside. Are they are they volunteers? Have they willingly signed up for this, or is this well, just one? This there? is why I use the term volunteers very loosely. Just fill up sack in a back of a van and ta-da! Welcome to Biodome. He's poorly short. Don't go mad. I know the best bit is we did this experiment with animals, so we want to see how much impact it will have on people," <laughs> says Liu Hong. A professor out there and a leader of Yugong One. If you spend a long time in this type of environment, it can create some psychological problems. Haven't they been doing that for a very long time with solitary confinement in prisons? Yes. I was going to say, World War Two. there was a lot of that. I mean, we kind of know what isolation can do to people. There's a lot of research on it already. The funny thing is, if you like, do that, but give that person like a games console and all the latest games and the internet connection, they'll be fine. Well, they'll be, they won't care less. <laughs> well, this is the thing. The term cabin fever only applies when you have a group of people and nothing to do. But you give them something to do, and all of a sudden, that whole cabin fever thing is lessened. Oh, I'd, be, I'd be nasty. I'd be like, he's a PS4. He's all the latest PS4 games, but we're not paying for PlayStation Plus. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, no online gaming. The Shining will be very different if he just had a PS4 in his bedroom. Aye. Well, he couldn't keep saying all work and no play. 
Because you have something to do then, you have something to get on with. All playing, somebody bring the coke up from the foyer. Yes. Oh, there's ghosts. Oh. <laughs> Trying oh. to finish Uncharted here, mate. Can you give us a minute? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're kind of sticking with the space theme, right? Because this is all testing from the Chinese to basically create a uh, a living area on the moon kind of thing. Yeah? Matt Damon. Uh, not quite, because that was on Mars. Although they have proven that growing potatoes on Mars is probably not a good idea. Especially from your own poo. Yeah, especially from your own poo. Uh, but anyway. Not that kind of poo. Not the one with the T-shirt on. <laughs> space seems to be the next big Cold War battleground. I don't mean that because space is cold, really cold. Um, space was the Cold War battleground. It still is, because yes. the US, and I can't believe I'm saying this, right? The US is close to approving a new space army. They're going to militarize space. No, they're not going to militarize space. Where they're going to stick the flag? No, no. The United <laughs> States Space Corps would be the first new branch of the US military since 1947. And the whole idea is that America is preparing for war in space and it's found supporters on and off for several decades. And uh, talks began to, began to heat up again in 2007 when China demonstrated an ability to destroy a satellite with a weapon from Earth, and now the House Armed Services Committee has voted 60 to 1 in favour of the creation of a new military branch to be called the United States Space Corps. It's America, man. <laughs> War. Arm for it. On the one hand, that's really cool. You know, the inner geek in me is thinking, ah, oh, that's really cool, but on the realist in me is saying, who are they fighting in space exactly? All I know is that there's going to be somebody in the US military who's going to go up to his son and say, I'm a space marine. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, they've got, they've got Area 51, so assuming that's real and not just some sort of, you know, urban legend. I don't ask I don't Trump know. on Twitter, he'll tell you. I, I, I don't know. He will say, hey, Trump wants an Area 51, you're a man of the people. <laughs> yeah, but which people? I mean, it's, assuming it's real, well, maybe. Yeah. There's an awful lot of space out there, and for us to be the only thing, the only planet with like intelligent life is kind of a stupid suggestion. Yeah, but the thing so, is, but is that like the most life. American thing? <laughs> is that the most American thing? There's got to be life out there. What do you want to do? Do you want to go and um, learn about it, discover what it can do for us, what we can do for them? Nah, I want to fight it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so See, there'll be a thing somewhere in the future where if we are ever attacked by aliens, like space marines out there, who will be like, oh, all right, this is what we were for. Had the Donald Trump and his administration had the hindsight to say this, <laughs> like alien attack. Yeah. The thing is, we don't need to go very far for weird wars. We don't. This whole thing with America doing their whole space marine bit, it's not about aliens, it's about the people here. They're doing this because China have demonstrated the ability to shoot down their satellites, and God knows what Russia's doing. And they're basically having a war in space because all their stuff's on Earth. Yeah. And I don't want to mess up my stuff. I mean, what's it going to be? Are they are they going to are they going to hire like you know brands uh, SpaceX and various things like that? All this all this uh, space tourism. They're going to hire those and they're going to wait until they're in orbit 
before they start shooting each other, and then when they leave orbit and start falling back to Earth, they're going to have to stop. Here's a question. Would bullets work in space? Yes. Well, well, the initial momentum will be, but the uh, it'll eventually... Well, I don't know. It depends how you can use the actual orbit and gravity around. No, bullets would work in space. The problem isn't the bullet. See, wouldn't they just go on forever? Well, it's not that. See, here's the thing. The problem isn't the bullet, right? You could fire a gun in space. That would be fine. The You don't have to worry about where the bullet goes afterwards. You need to worry about... Where you go afterwards, because oh, yeah. in space, and be anchored. Yeah, in space, every ap- every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So you could fire a bullet, but you'd go shooting off in the other direction at exactly the same speed as the bullet. What I was fishing at there is maybe it's about time we started inventing shooty lasers. They probably have them. They do. We've got high concentrated lasers, but a very short range. Yeah. But as I said, we don't need to go into space for strange wars. In fact, all we have to do is go to the UK countryside. Okay. Because there is a war brewing, and the war is between the Lynx UK Trust, who are a group of people who have a kind of unhealthy obsession with the Lynx, you know, the wildcat. Not not Lynx for men. Not Lynx for men. (laughs) Lynx as in the Eurasian Lynx, which used to be a resident of the UK, and they want to reintroduce the lynx as part of the UK's wildlife. And on the other side of the trenches, you have, well, you have the National Sheep Association, oh. who are <laughs> saying... <laughs> saying... The NSA. <laughs> yes. <I'm> saying... <laughs> They're basically saying, so you want us to agree to you reintroducing a carnivore, something that will go around eating our sheep into the UK countryside. I'm kind of disappointing. I was hoping you'd bring Peter into this. This seems like the sort of mad escapade that they'd be involved in. They oh, probably no, are. If, you, no. if, you want, if you want mad escapades with Peter, can you remember a while back there was that monkey who took a selfie of itself? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Right. So the bloke who, who's, who had the copyright for that picture turned around to a Wikipedia to take it down because it was his property, because his camera... But then Peter came in and said, no, it's property of the monkey. And this has gone on for a, like an eight-year court case. Yeah, and I know. And this dude's trying to get the rights. And Peter are just like, no, the monkey should have the money from it. And this poor bloke, it's came out today that he's broke. Now yeah. he's flat broke. He's got no money to fight the case anymore. And Peter have basically ruined this man's life just to like soothe their own ego. Whereas yep. the monkey's millionaire. Oh, monkey's gotten out. No, he still it's, got, all got got it's all gone to Peter. It's all gone to cost for Peter. Learn a lesson from Peter and say, "What does the lynx want? <laughs> what does the lynx say?" <laughs> well, if it sees a sheep, it's going nom 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this lynx thing's actually in like Northumberland, isn't it? It's it's quite close to here because yeah, it was on the local news. It's it's in uh, Kilda Forest. The thing is, if, the, you the, want to go, if you want to go introducing animals that are long being extinct. Bring back the bear, bring back wolves. Yeah, you know. Oh no, because they eat people. There's, there's already. <laughs> well, actually, I mean... wolves don't really eat people. Wolves generally stay stay clear of humans. But they're not against the idea either. Yeah, but they generally don't go out of the way to hunt humans. Is it just? Uh... It's it's basically propaganda. Well, it is and it isn't. If you get them and hungry enough. 
Yeah, but that's the same with any animal if you get them hungry enough, even humans. I've seen that movie alive. I know the truth. Those plane crash victims on the mountain didn't have anything else to eat. But they didn't really have, like, a Tesco Express on the mountain, did they? No, they decided to eat eat each other's legs. (laughs) Maybe the choice between eating everybody's legs and going to the Tesco Express. I think I'd go, even if they have mayo and all the sandwiches. (laughs) I think I'd take that bullet. Well, Tesco Expresses even have the Krispy Kremes now, so you're sorted. Exactly. Sorted. Yes. (laughs) We're fixing films one at a time. Anyway, anyway, anyway. No, but that's a fair point, though. I mean, if they're going to... Why just the lynx? Yeah, it is All the animals that have lived here historically and don't anymore. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. You usually see, like, these wildlife associations that are, like, the food chain is in a delicate state of, like, balance. It's been like that for thousands of years even the introduction of humans and towns and cities and whatnot the food chain has to stay a certain way because that's the way nature's had it if the lynx has went extinct then reintroducing it just like said oh we found a dodo like a settlement of dodos let's reintroduce them into the wild where they used to be and just watch them go extinct again yeah it's, it seems a bit foolhardy keep <sighs> them away if these need dodos keep them away from the dutch they're the ones who wet them all this is true anyway we're going to leave the animals now. There's no more animal stories left. No it's... more animals do the funniest things. No. Instead, I have to pose a question to you two. What would you do with a third thumb? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You've answered your own question there, Rob. <laughs> right. See, here's the thing. Designer Dan Claude has, <laughs> has a project going on called The Third Thumb which is a prosthetic which goes onto your hand on the other side of your hand. So you have your thumb on one side, and on the other side of your hand, you have a second thumb on that hand, right? And the idea behind the project is this. The value of the third thumb is to create a catalyst for society to consider human extension framed in an approachable, accessible design. It is a tool, an experience, and a form of self-expression. When we start to extend our abilities and when we reframe prosthetics as extensions, then we start to shift the focus from fixing disability to extending ability, which are noble sentiments. Yeah? Oh, yes. But he's also the stupidest it. person who's ever walked the earth. This is going to get an extra foam, you get an extra dong, you know, it's, it's gone that way. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, our, our body has evolved the way it is because that kind of is what works. Yeah. If you put like, an extra thumb on the opposite side of your hand and 100% of people won't use it because we wouldn't know how to use it. Yep, exactly. And all the things Admit. that we use on our hands are designed in a way to fit the five fingers system. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just stu- He's a stupid, stupid man. I mean, how would you hold the mug? Like you normally I... would, but you sort of took away the fifth, the second thumb. I mean, oh, if you've got God. nature on your kneecap while you're drinking, I suppose... To scratch your kneecap, but you know, that's not really pertinent to evolution at all because you know, you got another hand to scratch. So, oh my god, there's going to be a lot of fights over this. You're going to get all the Princess Bride fans just attacking anybody, <laughs> any six fingered man of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if it's going to be anything, I don't know, obvious innuendo to one side, a third arm. <laughs> I mean, I suppose an extra thumb, you'd be better at playing the guitar. Yeah. It's not got a lot of applications, but if you've got a third arm, you can open up all sorts of things. Yeah. Two pickle jars at once. <laughs> exactly. Do you know where a third... Or, or wings. 
yeah. or gills or I don't know something we could have. No, some no, sort of no, never gills, never gills. We we don't do gills because Waterworld was a thing. Is this just, just anti, uh, you know, Aquaman bias? This? No, no, no. Waterworld was a thing. Yeah, I know. We but remember it was just Waterworld. A bad film. <laughs> and not gills. I don't like the gill idea. What about wings then? Wings are fine. If you if you can actually get them, so you can achieve flight. Yeah. Yes. Thing is, that's probably not going to happen unless we have hollow bones, or unless or unless the wings are huge. Uh, I mean, we're talking like massive. See, have they not put this into research? Turn around, and say humans with wings. What kind of body type? Weight, like you know the the kind of aerodynamics of the human body. If we evolved and had wings, what would that what you know what would that entail? I want no, to know the details. Actually, they have actually done the research on that and. Basically, if we wanted to fly with wings under our own power, it would be like 10% human, 90% wings. I have no problem with that. Just to walk into an American Baptist church and be like, I am your God. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) Um, That would be fun just to mess with them, the Westboro Baptist Church. (laughs) No, because they'd probably see see you flying and shoot you down thinking that you were lunch or something like that. Yeah, there is that risk. Anyway, I'm not sure how to explain this. Uh, you know the Gundam statue that they used to have in Japan that they've taken yes. down now, yeah? Well, yeah. Toei Animation, they've been working on the Mazinga Z film, and the film's official Tumblr has recently announced they are doing a bit of crowdfunding because they want to create a large-scale Mazinga Z robot to promote the film. So, all sounds good so far, doesn't it? And they need two and a half million yen, or $22,000, to basically do this promotional robot. The only problem is, they want to make this robot out of balloons. All right, so that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you fund a $22,000 balloon robot? Oh, because there'll be that one for a pin popping it. <laughs> and it'd be me. <laughs> it's... The thing is, I'm I'm trying to get something similar built for the Great Exhibition, Great North Exhibition, yeah. uh, to tie in with Sunicon. I'm trying to get a life-size, well, I say a life-size, like about a 20 to 30-foot mech built at St. James's Park. And the mech's going to be based on, like, the Metro because apparently, you know, we've got to keep in with the Northeast theme. So it's like that, and that's, that's going to cost us about 43 grand. Half that for, like, balloons? Who's pocketing the rest? Where are they getting yep. these balloons? Yep. A uh, balloon robot is possibly the stupidest thing. Yes. Apparently, it's on like uh, 1,063,500 yen at the moment. What was the target? And the target was 2.5 million yen. That's about, what, £30,000? $22,000. Wow. Yeah. For a balloon robot. When we say when we say balloon, are we talking um, like inflatable hot air kind of wacky no. wheeling inflatable arm flailing tube man, but without the wacky wheeling? No, we're arm. talking just balloon robot, a uh, robot made out of balloons. Well, if it was the flailing arms of the tube man, it'd be the most terrifying robot that ever walked the land. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you ever walked past one of those things? Yes, <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> It's, like, it's like walking past a drunk person on the metro with a gun and swing some at you and you've got to dodge. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Anyway, 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 we've got two new stories left, and we're going to start off with KFC. Now, KFC have done some weird stuff, including having their own limited edition KFC Huawei 7 Plus model, which comes in KFC's signature red, which I don't know why you'd want to own a phone that is branded with KFC, but, you know, maybe you just like fried chicken that much. But that's not the only merchandise that KFC are offering. See... KFC have released a line of merchandise for the fashionable among us. And that line of merchandise includes a 400-year-old meteorite. It is actually a meteorite that has been specially carved into the shape of a Zinger chicken sandwich, which you can own for $20,000. Well, so there's a meteorite, which is rare and really expensive. And they have decided to carve it into a McChicken sandwich, uh, not McChicken sandwich, uh, into a zinger, and sell it. Yeah, well, I'd I'm... love to be in that like market a meeting and saying, "All right, we're running <laughs> ideas. Happy Meals absolutely tanning our asses at the moment. What you got?" Well, I'm putting pictures of these things into the chat for you because some of them are great. And the first one, that that woman does not look happy in that yellow sweater saying "Fried Chicken USA." <laughs> I've it's seen worse things sold in Primark. Oh, no, no. The Zinger Meteorite, $20,000 for that. In Avatar, the the cool one, not the, the stupid blue Smurf one. Yeah. One of the characters, the original one, has a character who makes a sword out of Meteorite, and that's the coolest thing. Yeah. I soccer. Yeah. Soccer makes that's, uh, that's That's a waste of a Meteorite. I mean, obviously, yeah, sure, well, they've got the money, they've bought it, but... Yeah, that's kind of disheartening because you could you could you could make something so much better than a crappy promotional overpriced piece of tat. Oh no, no! If you're talking crappy promotional overpriced piece of tat, that's the necklace, uh, the finger looking good finger licking good necklace, which you can buy for nine pounds from KFCLimited.com, which is uh, gold plated. It'll be in Primark. <laughs> it'll, it'll be in Primark. It looks that tatty. <laughs> It's gold-plated, and you could buy it as a special present for your girlfriend. It's just that, that <laughs> meteorite thing. It's the most disappointing thing I might have ever seen. Yeah, but it's not the strangest thing that they're offering. Oh, no, it's just you, you get a meteorite, and there's not a lot of that. It's probably one of the rarest things on the planet, frankly. Yeah, but that's... And you turn it into a burger. That's not the strangest thing, that <laughs> strangest bit of merchandise that KFC are offering. The strangest bit of merchandise that KFC are offering... Is the pillowcase? Would you like to see the pillowcase? Yeah, right, get away! Crack the pillowcase out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way: it's basically a pillowcase with the kernel on sort of profile side, so, so you, you can, can lay stare on it. into his eyes, <laughs> and you can create loving shots with you and the kernel. <laughs> That's going to be one of the You get you have like a really awkward. Um, you can't get asleep, and you finally get asleep. You have a horrible nightmare. You wake up, and the first thing you see <laughs> is the Colonel's mug staring at you. You know, I thought KFC were a bit dodgy because in the UK they've started running adverts with a chicken with DMX in the back run. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, what's going on here? And seeing this stuff, it's like clearly KFC marketing's just went. You know what? We've got the money. We will do what we want, <laughs> and. You know, I, I mean, I just found out that Colonel Sanders is Canadian, which was quite surprising. Yeah. Hey, well, if, yeah could... if McDonald's can advertise themselves as selling good food, I think anything else is, you know, okay. Yes. 
Uh, our final story is a bit of a horror story that we're ending on. Remember a while ago, we talked about the Indian woman who had a live cockroach removed from her si- her sinuses that had got trapped up there. Yeah. This is kind of on that level. Oh. Good right. job, Andy. Andrew's not here, though. <laughs> I know. Um, we're heading over to Solihull Hospital in England for this. Of all places. Yeah, I know. Uh, a 67-year-old female patient went in for a routine cataract surgery at the hospital, and the physicians noticed that she had a strange bluish blob in one of her eyes. On closer look, the bluish blob turned out to be 17 contact lenses stuck together, and after they took those off, they found another 10 contact lenses (laughs) that she had apparently forgotten she was wearing over the 35 years that she's been wearing contact lenses. (laughs) And we're talking thirty-five years. So these got the these are like the original thick, like you know, welded bottom of a milk, yes, like bottle contact lenses. Not yes. not discreet at all. No. The thing is that they used to be that thick. Some of them used to be that thick that people complained they couldn't close their eyes after wearing one. Yeah. And she's thing got is, like twenty-seven layers on. The thing is, uh, I think that she had like seventeen on one eye and ten on the other. She's been using these uh, monthly disposable contact lenses for about thirty-five years and hadn't visited her optometrist in quite some time. Jesus. Glasses aren't so bad now, are they? I know. (laughs) The surgeon, uh, Rupal Marjoria, said uh, she was quite shocked when when she was seen two weeks after the surgeon removed the lenses. She said her eyes felt a lot more comfortable. She thought her previous discomfort was just part of old age and dry eye. Oh, bless her. I tell you what, Specsavers or Vision Express didn't cash in on this. They're missing out on a trick. Exactly. But the thing is, they can't use those so comfortable you'll you'll forget you're wearing them ads. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be a problem. I mean, how can you how can you go thirty five years and forget that you're wearing a contact? Oh no, no. How can you go? 35 years and basically forget that you're wearing them and put another contact lens over the top. How do you not notice the difference in vision? It's a contact I mean, thinking, lens. Thinking about it, logically, she's put that on and underneath the moisture on her eyeball, Yeah, how should being able to keep that like moist under that initial one? I don't know. I mean, can eyes go dry? Yes. Like underneath? Uh, yes, oh. they can. <laughs> um... <laughs> The thing is, I get I get freaked out when uh, I I get freaked out when you see the whole eyeball thing. That's one of the reasons why audition or oh, that movie just just freaks me out entirely all the time. Anyway, I don't mind. You know, if you've got an eyelash, I'll just basically take it. Uh, you know, it's stuck to my eyeball. I'll just take it off straight away. But when I see the whole kind of anything going near someone else's eye and you see it up close, no, 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 it just freaks me out. So this there's, there's a scene in a Dario Argento movie where somebody puts like a load of surgical pins to like the eye, the bottom of the eye. So if they blink, oh. all the pins go poof right in the eye. Oh. don't watch that one, Rob. No, I wasn't <laughs> intending to. Well, I suppose the Zari Cushers went 35 years without having conjunctivitis. <laughs> no, she just ended Positive up with there. cataracts instead. She must be at like see-through. Time or something, it's visually that clear know. comparatively. And she becomes like a soothsayer who can predict the future because you know, 
I mean, if they, if they kept these contacts, I mean, when they've surgically removed them, have they kept them? Yes. You want to see a picture of them? Oh, go on. <laughs> I want to see how thick these got. There you go. Ah, oh, they're all discoloured yellow as well. <laughs> how could she even see when she has, like, literally all that in her, in her eyes? I don't know. Older ones are slightly darker in colour than the newer ones. Yes. Like, the older ones look like the sort of a chipped bit of a, like, a car, um... You know, f- fog light, fog light, or something that's chipped off in a crash. Yeah, oh, it's a bit, bit of headlight debris. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one was used for the brake light. There's I, an indicator one. You see what I mean? This is just—it's beyond ridiculous, isn't it? Thirty-five years, thirty-five years. Lock and change in that time, and uh, no uh, contact lenses. Her attitude and not taking them out. <laughs> fair, I mean, fair enough. One, oh, I forgot, but. 35 years worth of like just putting them in and just forgetting about them. What, I mean, did you think they dissolved or something? Or? Well, the thing is, I've fallen asleep wearing contact lenses in the past, and you know, when they get stuck on your eyeball and your eyes in pain, you have to try and drag them out. Yeah. Because it's causing you all sorts of problems, right? How did that not happen to her? I guess I just got used to the irritation, <laughs> just fought out of it, just like, oh, slightly irritated. I'm plowing on, though. I mean, what, should, what does she do for a career? I don't know. She's 67, so she's retired. I don't know what I she I thought she'll have been, like, 30-odd when she was thinking. Imagine that. Like, she, she had a job which needed, like, perfect eyesight. Like, she's a bus driver or something daft like that. I mean, it is what Rob said. With this many contact lenses on, could she see through time? Well, she would have, she would have went for a Euro million jackpot or something, if she could. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, how do you not know... How do you not notice the change in vision when you put one contact lens over the top of the other contact lens? I've tried it wearing double glasses, you know, of the same strength, and my vision goes weird. You know, everything just just really hurts it hurts my eyes. So how did she not notice that? I you think it's more, it's, it's more just disbelief. It's like how, you know, why? How? 35 years? <laughs> exactly. It's really got you that 35 years, hasn't it? I mean, I know governments can forget to, like, you know, help the poor and whatnot in 35 years, but, you know, take your contact lenses off at least, pet. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. After that bombshell, I think we better yeah. call it a day, this a day. Yes. Hey, so. so, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the uh, Geek Show. Next week is our season finale. Yes, it is. And we'll be taking a week or two off then. Um, but in the meantime, if you did enjoy us, uh, share us on your social media, whether you're listening on um, Audio Boom or whether you listen on iTunes. Tell us that you enjoyed the show by tweeting us at TGS underscore The Geek Show or finding us on uh, Facebook with the same URL. Uh, also, head over to thegeekshow.co.uk where we've got like a constant stream of articles of various things. Or if you just like what we do and want to know what else we do because we are a podcast network so we do have an awful lot of other things sort of teetering around other podcasts other styles of show so um yes that is everything 35 years is a thing as well yes i know <laughs> and don't forget sure. don't forget the third thumb maybe she maybe she needed the third thumb to remind her to take the contact lenses out maybe when you say reminder, you just make us think like they put a post-it on the other thumb. Like, it hasn't actually reminded, just like it's a post-it there. Yes. So after 35 years, there's just, a, there's just a prosthetic thumb covered in post-it notes. Is it a third thumb which has, like, sentience, like in Parasite, the anime stroke manga series? I don't know. 
got like a massive eyeball in it. So there you go. There's there's the human evolution prosthetic. It's got like a Google Alexa or whatever it is, like tuning into it. Yeah, and a massive eyeball. <laughs> Third thumb. Should I take out my contact lenses? You should take out your contact lenses. Third thumb. I'm about to be attacked. Protect me. Third thumb whips out these <laughs> a bunch of knives. <laughs> Defense mechanism activated. And on that, we'll call it a day for today, I think. Yes. Thank you very much for spending this time with us. Uh, I have been Rob. I've been Rob. And I've been Tucky. See you next time. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.